Hi NFL fans and welcome to another edition of Monday Morning Huddle. I'm your host Dave Holcomb. This is the third episode ever of this podcast on our website footballnation.com. It is the last week of June so we're getting closer and closer to training camp starting which is just about a month away and then of course preseason games starting in the middle of August. So the Offseason is moving at a pretty good pace, and our leading story is going to be something that has really dominated the offseason media um, hype, maybe you could say, um, on ESPN and throughout NFL news. Three pretty big name running backs are trying to get new contracts this offseason. All of them are a little bit different situations. And that's going to be our top story today. Um, the, those three running backs are from the Chicago Bears, that in Matt Forte, Baltimore Ravens in Ray Rice, and of course we've heard a lot about the Jacksonville Jaguars and Maurice Jones-Drew. So let's start with Matt Forte. Uh, he's the, he is unsigned. He he's actually been franchised by the Chicago Bears, um, and he's seeking money. He said actually over the weekend. Um, money upwards of $40 million, like LaShawn McCoy and Arian Foster got earlier this, this offseason. They they got um, contract extensions with their teams, Philadelphia and Houston, and those contracts, McCoy's was six years worth forty five over $45 million, with over $20 million guaranteed. Arian Foster was a five-year contract, $43 million, $43.5 actually, with over $20 million guaranteed. So th those two teams set the precedent, and now these other teams are going to have to follow suit, and they're going to be compared to those other contracts, whether they like it or not. That's what always happens in sports when one player at the same position gets a contract and another player who may be better gets another contract or is or trying to get a contract, he wants money of the same caliber. We saw it with our pool holes in Major League Baseball after Ryan Howard got his contract. Of course, pool holes and even Prince Fielder, who were free agents just two years later, wanted more money than someone they felt they were better than. It's the same in the NFL, of course. So Matt Forte and the Bears is an interesting case just because Forte is, or has been in the past, a majority of the Chicago Bears offense. You, you saw the stats if you watched Monday Night Football with the Bears. He was over 50% of their offense, whether he was carrying the ball or, or receiving the ball in, in a West Coast style offense with Mike Martz. Uh, and up until his injury and, and Jay Cutler's injury, the Bears were a playoff team. They looked actually pretty good. They were 7-3 and three last season. And a, a lot of predictions this year, well, I haven't seen a lot of predictions. I shouldn't say a lot. Um, but um, the 
one of our predictions on footballnation.com, uh, Jeff Spurgeber, his uh, charts that he makes actually have the Bears at 12-4. and four. Now, that's just his personal opinion. I actually debated with him a little bit about it, and he convinced me um, that the Bears have a good shot at 12-4 and four if Matt Forte gets on the field. Now, moving on to Ray Rice. Uh, he, he is also a focal point of that Ravens offense. At least he should be. And it seemed like in the games that he wasn't the focal point, maybe the Jacksonville Jaguar Monday night game where the Baltimore's got upset. Uh, I know the, the San Diego Charger game, which was a Sunday night game later in the season in December. The, the Ravens offense was out of sync. Uh, when... when Baltimore does not do well. It's it's usually because they're not using Ray Ray Rice enough. And I didn't mention Matt Forte's age. He's 26. Ray Rice is younger at 25. Uh, Ray Rice was also franchised, and he, of the three guys, Rice, Forte, and Jones Drew, Rice's contract negotiations are going the best, and the the talks were described as constructive about that was over a month ago though at the end of May so not much has happened but I, in in um, Baltimore's case with Rice I think a deal will be done I don't see Rice missing any major time or training camp uh, he, he didn't attend OTAs but the coach uh, for, for Baltimore John Harbaugh and, 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 and the Ravens organization was not concerned that he missed it so you know, neither should the fans, neither should the media, to be quite frankly. So, of the Rice is the youngest of all three of these guys. Jones Drew is actually 27. And transitioning now to Jones Drew, Jones Drew has a contract already. He is the one one player of these three that already has a contract, a two-year deal left, and he just wants a pay raise. Compared to his counterparts, like I said, Arian Foster and LaShawn McCoy, Maurice Jones, do remember, led the league in rushing last year with over 1,600 yards, had nearly 2,000 yards um, from the line of scrimmage. So definitely coming off a year that the, the best year you could in deserving a contract. And Jones Drew seems the most serious about his holdout. He's going to hold out. He said could, he could miss regular season games. And he is also probably the most threat um, to his team. Though, I, as I said, Matt Forte is a huge focal point in that offense. So is Ray Rice. But Jones Drew really is that entire offense right now with the young Blaine Gabbert. And nothing really to throw to him on on the outside, except hopefully they're they're hoping um, Justin Blackman becomes um, a target out there for Blaine Gabbard. But we'll see. He already has a, a an arrest and DWI. Jones Drew, he, he's under contract. He he has, he he's going to get paid over $4 million the next two years, but obviously that's not the kind of money that he would be hoping for. I could see this going either way or, or really fighting for either side. Jones Drew obviously deserves more money. Uh, he, he is the best player on his team. 
it's in Jacksonville's best interest for their young quarterback and their new head coach, Mike Malarkey, to get this guy into camp as soon as possible. But at the same time, are is Jacksonville a playoff team without Jones Drew? No. Are they a playoff team with him? No. So really, what's the difference this year? If, if they're going to look at it that way and they're going to be real stingy with their money, then, you know, they, they could get away with Jones Drew holding out for games into the regular season because with him, they're probably not going to win as that many games, at least enough games to make the playoffs anyway. Now, I, I don't, it's never good to think of it that way, and I'm sure the fans wouldn't appreciate it if you think it that way, but that's a real possibility. I know that's been mentioned by some analysts on NFL Live and on ESPN. And I just want to remind fans out there of the new CBA rule that was new um, last year with with the holdout rule with with NFL players. Of course, they get fined thirty thousand dollars per per day for for missing. That starts in training camp, so that's quite a lot of money um, that that adds up very quickly. You know, if Jones drew. Although he gets paid over four million dollars, if he sits out, I, I don't know. I'm not a math a math major, but if he sits out even a month, that's going to be up, getting close to a million dollars. I think about nine hundred thousand um, dollars if he sits one month and that, that doesn't even miss any games. And he's threatening to miss regular season games, so that's going to take a big chunk of his money. And the rule is also if you don't report by August 9th to training camp, then you're, you don't qualify for playing a whole NFL year, which means Jones Drew will still have two years left on his contract coming into next year's offseason. So if Jones Drew, he's 27, he's trying to get one more big contract, and I mean, the, obviously, the fear is that at 29 in two years, he's not going to be worth the same same amount of money. So he wants the new contract now. But if he threatens or or actually falls through with his threaten of sitting out games, then he's going to be 30 when he gets his new contract, which would be even worse. So I, I'm not sure if he's just you know he's playing brickmanship and seeing if the Jaguars can bite or if they'll blink and um, it hasn't worked so far but we'll see but I, my first question out to our fans out there before we take a break which one of these running backs deserves a new contract more we have Maurice Jones Drew again with the Jaguars Ray Rice with Baltimore and Matt Forte with Chicago which running back do you think should get that big deal first. Who deserves it more? We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back with a little news from up north.
back to the Football Nation's newest episode of Monday Morning Huddle. We're going to move into our player and focus segment. This is a segment where I take a player around the league and we concentrate on him for our second half or second part of our show. And today we're going to go with Percy Harvin from the Minnesota Vikings. We heard from him last week that he wants to be traded from Minnesota. Um, Looking at his stats, Harvin is a a very versatile player. He's going to be in his fourth year in the league now. He came out of Florida. Early on, he had injury problems, and he's still injury prone, and he has that weird condition where he gets bad migraines and can't play. That's going to definitely lower his trade stock. But Harvin is a really good player. He's an up-and-coming star at 24 years old. And last year, we really saw what he could do when Adrian Peterson was out with his injury. He was kind of the go-to guy on that offense. And as Adrian Peterson is coming back and working back into that offense, coming back from his ACL injury, if they compare Peterson with Harvin, if Harvin stays, that is a really good one-two punch they can build upon for young quarterback Christian Ponder. Harvin wants out, so there's. it's really kind of curious, and it came out of the blue, really, and I know there was a lot of news about it on, on Twitter last week, and there was a, a nice article written by Football Nation writer Sean Guderum, so I recommend you checking out that article about Percy Harvin being traded. Uh, it's it's now a few days old, but um, Sean promised to stay tuned to um, to update as more news breaks on this story. So he's I guess your go-to guy for Minnesota Vikings news, particularly on Percy Harvin. But what what do fans think about this? Um, our, my second question of the day: Should the Vikings trade Percy Harvin, and and if they do, what should they get for him? So what kind of what kind of round draft pick is he worth? And again, you can reach me at my Twitter D M H O L C O M B, or you can email me at my Gmail account D M H O L C O M B zero six at gmail.com, and you can answer either the first question I had about the running backs, or this Percy Harvin question. And just to get more specific in his stats, he had 87 catches. For 967 yards, so he wasn't able to break the 1,000 mark. But 87 catches in an in a offense that saw a lot of unstableness with Donovan McNabb starting a quarterback at the beginning of the year, and then Christian Ponder, the rookie, coming in in the middle of the season to work with both those quarterbacks, one a rookie, and get that many catches, I, I think is pretty impressive, along with six touchdowns receiving as well. And then, like I said, he was worked into the rushing game. He had 52 attempts, 345 yards, so all-purpose yards, or, or I guess yards from scrimmage, um, over 1,200. And he's also a pretty versatile um, or lethal return man in the punting game and kickoff game. This, this is a guy that the Vikings really don't want to lose. And total touchdowns, he had eight last year. So this is a key player to Minnesota's reemergence in that NFC North division that 
is really crowded right now with the Green Bay Packers, of course, at the top at 15-1. and one. Chicago Bears should be better than they were last year. They were hurt by injuries, but as long as Forte is in there, they should win plus 10 games, maybe even 11 or 12. Everybody loves the Detroit Lions, but you know we'll see what happens with them. They're a young team, but certainly... You know, could win 10 more games this year. Uh, won 10 last year, made the playoffs. So the Vikings are the odd man out in that division. And without Harvin, unless they get a lot of pieces in return, I think, um, you know, that they'll be in that cellar for a while. Uh, Peterson can't carry them. And we're, we're not even sure if Peterson is going to be the same. Obviously, we hope he is. But. You just don't know coming back from ACL injury with a running back, even with a player as talented as Adrian Peterson. So let me know your thoughts about Percy Harvin or the running back uh, situation we talked about in our opening segment or anything else you want to talk about NFL news with me. You can send me a tweet just about our show or anything, and you know where to reach me. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back with our fourth and long segment. here on Monday Morning Huddle, Football Nation's podcast. I want to remind you that there's another podcast on footballnation.com coming out on Wednesdays. Your host there is Alex Reamer. Uh, his show is called Football Nation Today. He talk, he does a lot more discussion into the CBA and um, the, the Players Association and uh, the union and, and much more um, off-the-field discussion. And, and if you have you want to hear news about that sort of thing um, I know I've talked about the bounty scandal once but um, he talks a lot more about off the field issues than the, this podcast does so I, I recommend that podcast to anybody who wants to hear more news about that but I'm Dave Holcomb we're here on football on football nations Monday morning huddle so we're gonna get right to our fourth and long segment. This is a segment of our show where I take a few stories. I'm going to take three today and we're going to discuss them and I'm either going to decide if I punt or grunt. And if I'm grunting, I, I agree with what has been stated in the story. Um, and if I, if I punt, then I disagree. So we're going to stay in the NFC North just for a little bit. And uh, there was an article written by Keith Kuntz. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. But uh, he wrote an interesting article a couple days ago about three, well, three reasons why the Detroit Lions will miss the playoffs. That's the title of the article. And his three reasons are the NFC North, lack of running game, and weak comebacks. Excuse me, weak cornerbacks. And I'm going to grunt here. I, I agree with Keith, and I'm going to let you um, guys go check out his article I'm not going to get into his his uh, reasoning too much, but as I mentioned before, the Packers and Bears are both on the upswing in that division. 
then quite possibly both could win 12 games. We could see a situation where we saw last year or seem to see every year with in the other uh, North Division in the AFC where Pittsburgh and Baltimore win plus 12 games, it seems like every year. Anybody, so for anybody else in that division, like a Cincinnati or a Cleveland, it's very hard to make the playoffs. Now we saw Cincinnati do it with 10 wins last year. Uh, actually, Cincinnati might have had nine. I'm, I'm not 100% sure on that. But I, I don't see in the NFC, there's too many good teams for Detroit to make it as a wild card at 9-7 and seven or 10-6. and six. I think if Detroit wins 10 games again, it's a good season. They won 10 last year, but I don't see them making the playoffs. And, and don't forget... They're a young team. They're going to have some growing pains. They're having growing pains already with their off-season issues this year. Last year, they started 5-0, and and it was kind of a freak start. So if you take out that 5-0 and start, they finished 10-6. and So the last 11 games of the year, they were 5-6 and and then lost their playoff game. So in their last 12 games, they're 5-7. and And they played a lot of better teams at, in the second half of the year or after that five-game winning streak, their five-game winning streak, if I'm not mistaken, was against the the worst teams in the NFL, or, or no playoff teams. And then they started playing Green Bay, they started playing the Bears, and they, they lost the 49ers. So those are all good teams, but depending on what their schedule looks like this year, it could be a little tougher. I don't see them making the playoffs again this year. So moving on to the next story. This story was written by Anthony King. It has over 28,000 views. It's the most views I've ever seen on an article on our website, footballnation.com. Quite impressive by Mr. King. And the article is 10 most questionable moves of the offseason. It's obviously a very popular topic. covers a lot of different teams. And he, does, he doesn't rank the, the 10 questionable moves. But I, and I'm only going to get into one of them, so I encourage everybody to check them out if, it are, if they already haven't. Um, but I'm going to go with what he listed as number one. There's no number next to it, but the first item that he listed, the Denver Broncos writing a blank check to Peyton Manning. I'm going to grunt here as well. This is kind of the Minnesota Vikings with Brett Favre situation we saw in 2009. Yeah, sure, the Vikings thought that they were one position away from going to the Super Bowl, and they really were. And that we saw them have a great regular season. We saw them go deep into the playoffs, into the NFC Championship game, and they were just plays away from winning that game. Actually, probably a Brett Favre interception away from, or, or um, what I mean is one less interception away from winning that game and going to the Super Bowl against the Indianapolis Colts. We see the Vikings where they are now as Favre came back for one more year. I guess you can say he was past his prime. He he, he just, at what was he, 41 that year? He turned 41 in the middle of the season. He was just, he was too old. He was too old, he was too brittle, and the whole Vikings team wasn't didn't play as well in 2010 and now you see where the Vikings are their head coach is gone and Brad Childress though I think 
Leslie Frazier, to be honest, is an upgrade. And now Percy Harvin wants to be traded, as we said before. So it, it's just, it became a very ugly situation when you put your franchise in the hands of a 40-year-old quarterback. Now, Peyton Manning is not 40, he's 36. But he's coming off major neck surgeries, coming off an injury that kept him out of the uh, uniform for a whole year, for one full season. And the Broncos not only gave him you know, their whole franchise, basically, gave him whatever amount of money he wanted. There was really no caution used in signing Manning to the Broncos, and he's going to get 18 guaranteed this season. And if he passes his physical next year, he'll get 20 more million guaranteed for the next two seasons. And I, I know John Elway wanted to bring in a big name to get rid of Tim Tebow, and in that sense, that was a good move. John John Elway was never a supporter of Tim Tebow. He, he doesn't want him to be his franchise quarterback, but you can't trade him when he's the fan favorite unless you have a replacement. So it made sense to bring in Peyton Manning for that reason. But like we saw in Minnesota, this could set back Denver years, and lots of people are expecting them to be Super Bowl contenders or even favorites in the AFC this year. Personally, I, I don't see them winning even their division. I think San Diego is a sleeper, and they're still the most talented team. If North Turner can actually get them together for a full 16-game year, they'll win the division. We'll see if Peyton Manning is able to deliver a playoff berth or a Super Bowl berth or even a Super Bowl title as a Denver Bronco, or will he set them back several years as he... Is only he's already 36 and probably will be retiring within the next three or four years and our last story to cover in this fourth fourth and long segment Tavares Jackson it was reported on rotoworld.com Tavares Jackson will be the starter when training camp opens late next week or excuse me next month he will be listed as the quarterback starter. Now, it's, it's going to be a fierce three-quarterback competition now with uh, Russell Wilson, the newly drafted quarterback from Wisconsin. He's going to join the mix. But the Seahawks signed Matt Flynn, and it was completely expected that Matt Flynn come in and take that job immediately from, from Jackson. Jackson was the starter last year for, for parts of the season. And... It hasn't happened yet. And to be quite honest, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that Matt Flynn, a backup for his entire career, quite honest, folks, he's had one amazing game in his career. That game against Detroit, week 17 last year, got him this huge contract, and expectations grew so much because he set Green Bay Packer records. Yeah, it was a fantastic season, or excuse me, fantastic game. But he's not going to be throwing to Jermichael Finley, to to Greg Jennings, to any of the other guys, uh, Jordy Nelson, on the Packers roster. He's throwing to Sidney Rice on on the Seahawks. It's quite a, quite a big difference. The, we saw the Packers 
offense just dazzle people last year. I, I don't ex know how people expect some one backup quarterback who played one game to leave that franchise and then, you know, look the same as he did in that game. So I think Matt Flynn is a little overhyped, and I'm, I, I don't know if I mentioned, but I'm grunting on this. I agree that Tavares Jackson should be the starter. Pete Carroll should push Matt Flynn. Flynn has been treated like he is a Pro Bowl quarterback, to be quite honest, as he's come into Seattle and he has a big contract and he's supposed to start and this and that. Well, you know what? You know, let, let's slow down a little bit. You got to earn this job, Matt Flynn. So, Tavares Jackson, you're my starter until Matt Flynn proves that he can earn it. And you know what? I'm even going to throw Russell Wilson in to push you from behind. I was grunting on that situation, and I was grunting on all three today. That's a, that's a rare uh, feat there, fans. I was grunting on all three. I guess I, I liked my chances going for it on fourth and long. So we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back to wrap up this third episode of Monday Morning Huddle. And we're back on Football Nation's Monday Morning Huddle. Just want to remind you, you can reach me at my Twitter, D-M-H-O-L-C-O-M-B, or you can email me at D-M-H-O-L-C-O-M-B-06 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear a comment from you about our show. You can make a suggestion for next week's episode, or if you just want to have a conversation about football, that would be fantastic. I love talking about the NFL. So I'm going to wrap up today's show with going to reference another article on our website, footballnation.com, written by Jason Stolberg. I've interacted with Jason a few times, dropping comments on his articles and talking to him. So he's written a lot of articles. He's already up to 189. He's one of the workhorses for our website. And he's written this very popular article entitled, 2012 NFL Schedule, 10 Games That Will Shape the Season. So he references 10, 10 games that will shape the, the year. and he, I, I feel like the 10 games that he uh, mentions here or lists actually are more of the 10 most hyped games going into the season or 10 games that you shouldn't miss. If you're a big NFL fan, you definitely shouldn't miss these 10 games. And he goes into talking about them in about two paragraphs each. So I recommend you checking out that article don't forget to check out the other articles that i mentioned and enjoy your last week of june ladies and gentlemen next week we're going to be in july uh, don't forget our podcast will be next monday we'll have another episode of monday morning huddle there's a, there's other podcasts on our website as well alex reamer's football nation today comes out on wednesdays that's all today, folks. I'm Dave Holcomb. I'm going to go try to find some peace in my mind.